702. You can call us on 011-883-0702. Megan, good evening and thank you for joining us all the way out of Cape Town. Oh, thanks very much. I'm very pleased to be here. And even though it's a Sunday night, I'm wide awake and ready to rock and roll here. <laughs> no, wonderful. Thank you so much. So I, I, I know it's tough, it's, it's especially on a Sunday night. Look, I looked at your book. Obviously, I, did, I only received the book tonight, but uh, you'll be glad to know that uh, I was so intrigued by it that I already started reading uh, the introductory bits to it. And, and what I found absolutely fascinating is how you chronicle how your relationship with your son um, seemed to change overnight once he became a teenager. Um, and, and, and this left you perplexed. You as a psychologist, uh, ordinarily seen as being part of the solution when people come to you and say to you, listen, I just don't get my child anymore. You are part of that solution. You try to yeah. counsel people through this process. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, lo and below, behold, you yeah. are the one perplexed yourself. You know, it's fascinating, Gashwal, because no wonder, no, no matter how many times you can say to mothers, the teenagers are coming up, they're going to be changes, um, they're going to be differences, be ready for that testosterone hitting. Women just do not expect, women and mothers do not expect what unfolds and occurs in their household. Because one, one minute they had this gorgeous uh, renaissance little boy of eight and nine and ten is a mommy 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 i adore you i love you um will you marry me says our son you know mm-hmm. ourselves when we when they're little and then suddenly there's this quite surly abrupt uh i wouldn't say always aggressive but certainly assertive boundaried and quite critical young man in our house who basically just doesn't want to listen to us will answer back in quite short and sharp sentences and actually even, sorry to say this guy, well, but they even begin to smell. You can literally yeah. smell their testosterone as women and as mothers and you think, what on earth is going on? I have a new personality in my mm, own. Mm. How on earth do I handle this? And our boys basically play out their assertion. They play out their little men, you know, the mm. little man syndrome with their mothers first. The fathers don't see it. It's the mothers that see it first because they try and boss us around, instruct us, um, uh, they uh. try, you know, they criticize us and they're really practicing their, their manhood muscle, really, is what's going on. I, I find um, that fascinating because one of the things that I think, you know, fathers and, and sons, I think, respond differently and, and you know, it's, it's, I always look, uh, maybe it's not the best place to look at it, but I always look back at the animal kingdom. And, and, you know, one of the things that stood out for me that I can remember from watching Beverly and Derek Hubert's uh, documentaries from all those years ago is that what the male lion does is that the moment um, one of his sons starts showing the tufts of uh, mane, you know, growing, yeah. then, then they expel them immediately. And I think that men sort of respond in a similar way, that it becomes this challenge of my chest is broader than yours. Um, obviously, with the human factor of things like respect and affection in place, um, you know, it, it de-escalates at a particular point. But ultimately, I think that's what happens a lot in the home between uh, sons and dads. And, and, and as men, we, we, we tend to not be as expressive. We don't talk to each other. We'd rather ignore or avoid each other for fear of, of, of eventual, uh, um, real, a actual... Of, of yeah. a clash, yes. I think it's, it is fascinating that amongst father and sons, 
drawn kind of speaks a little more. Yeah. Sighs and 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 I notice if you look at the language between moms and dads with a teenage boy, a, a dad will say, "Go and close the door now." Yeah. Back. A mother will say, "Darling, if you don't mind." Uh, sweetheart, when you get a moment, please won't you go and, uh, you know, uh, mm, lock mm. the door. Um, and, and there's all this kind of uh, apologetic speak and kindness and sweetness. And the, and the boy, it literally goes in the ear and out the other side from the mother. And then when the, when the father lays down this very clear instruction, don't close the door now. Not mm. yet, not a please. Uh, the boy tends to respond. So there is something about the animal kingdom going on here. And I think it's just going on as that testosterone hits and it's brand new in a boy's body. Mm. He kind of reacts, could I say, almost in an evolutionary I, I think so. manner. I, 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 I agree with you. particular instruction and particular boundaries. And, mm. and the mom is not doing that. She's still treating him like a little boy. Mm, and he mm. doesn't like that. He doesn't mm. want it. He wants to to show that he's growing. And so I think mom's mothering has to grow up as boys grow up. And that's what I discovered for myself and, and what other moms that I've worked with have begun to see. That mm. we too as moms literally have to grow as our boys grow. Grow in our mothering. Mm. I mean, for, for a very long time, we've been uh, taught or given this notion of uh, nurture versus nature. You know, that, that uh, as human beings, a lot of the time it's nurture for us as opposed to just nature. Uh, you know, that, that it's, it's in the animal kingdom where certain notions and ideas are inbred or, you know, are, are hereditary, are, are part of the genetic makeup. But in this instance, that type of behavior, the, what you saw in your son and perhaps saw in other young teenage boys as well, would you believe that that is, is, is less n- nurture and, and to some extent nature, that this is what happens? The, the testosterone kicks um, in, we don't know how to handle our own bodies and, and what it does to our psyche and minds. Exactly, Rasha. If you, if a teenage boy could cognitively and intelligently say, Mom, I've got this anabolic steroid, you know, because testosterone is an anabolic steroid. I've got this anabolic steroid rushing through my system. I have feelings that I've never felt before. I, I have... Um, my brain is more disorganized than ever before. You know, if a boy could actually explain that, mm. a mother maybe give him a little bit of space and leeway. But a boy himself doesn't know what's going exactly. on. Exactly, believe me. Yeah. Suddenly, it, it's this time bomb that's kind of gone off. And this time bomb is saying, grow up, grow up, grow up. Mm. You know, and it's telling your limbs to grow. It's rewiring your brain. It's... It's changing literally your personality. A boy's personality changes. Mm. And it's, it's, as mothers, we don't expect it. Mm-hmm. it. It's a kind of a little more understandable with, with our daughters. I think maybe it's because we've got estrogen and progesterone flowing through us, both of us. And so we more or less on the same page. And we mm. can relate to her bad moods or, you know, stuff that goes on. But we don't relate to our son's sudden harshness and, and their sudden kind of from loving us one moment 
to this kind of criticism and almost wanting to instruct us and order us around. I mean, a boy, the moment he grows, what's the first thing he does? He lifts his mother up. Now, that has to be an animal behavior. Mm-hmm. A boy will go up, put his arms around his mother, and show her that he can pick her up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that, but I've seen it every time, you know, with a teenage boy. And isn't that a show of his strength? of his vigor, of the fact that I'm now, you know, nearly bigger mm. than you, mom. And then, you know? yeah. And almost a reversal of roles to some extent, wouldn't you say? I mean, mom used to pick me up, now I am picking you up. So, I don't know, maybe a level of infantilizing. Yes. Uh, maybe I'm overanalyzing it, but but that's the way I would <laughs> almost interpret it. No, I love what you're saying because what you, well, you know, what you're saying is there's something quite natural here. Mm. that's going on and it, it, it's part of just this natural growing process and I think moms shouldn't overreact I think they need to recognize almost with a little hidden smile oh my word my boy is trying to show his muscles show that he's grown he's wanting more space he's wanting mm. his independence he's wanting to make decisions himself let me try and understand it but unfortunately, moms kind of, I think they get scared, gosh, well, that they're suddenly no longer in control, mm. that they're not, the, you know, the middle of, the, of his life, that, they, uh, that their boys are going to leave them. Yeah. I think moms really feel those feelings. And I think we've got to face that as moms. And I, I keep saying to my moms of teenage boys, you know, it's time now to really focus on your own life and, and recognize mm. that you've got to develop, you know, your own career, uh, your own goals, your own purpose, and it can't just wrap around your son anymore. Your son wants his space. And, and, think, and in saying all this, mm. I mean, I'm talking about normal homes. Let's yeah. just say the fact that I'm talking about, and I mean, when I say normal homes, it just also applies to single moms. I'm not, I'm not meaning there has to be a, a mom and dad in the house, because there are a lot of single moms mm-hmm. out there. Um, I'm just saying in normal homes, when the relationships are okay and, 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 and the boy is, is coping reasonably well, I think we've got to face that it's very natural for him to want his want more space, freedom, and independence. What I was saying is, is that you know, it's, uh, and I've heard this f- from you know my own mother, to be honest, and and hopefully she doesn't get too upset with me making this admission on air. But I mean, you know, I've I've heard her say this before. You know, you I don't know you anymore. You know, you're not the same sweet boy that I once knew. You know. Yes. Um, And then then that's where you have the confrontations or the questions kick in of why do you seem angry all the time? Why are we always fighting? Why are we always disagreeing, etc., etc.? And a lot of the time you'll find that, uh, you know, from from your perspective as the son, um, and not necessarily just as a teenager, I think it goes all the way through to adulthood as well, is that Mm. I just want to be heard and I just want to be understood and I just want to be understood as an adult who makes decisions and, mm. and this is what mm. I believe in and it might be contrary to how mm. you raised me and what you believe in but this is what I believe now and therefore this is what I'd like to do in, in, in you know whatever the case may in, be and it's life. difficult yeah yes. and, and, and live my life yeah and it's, it's I think it's also sometimes difficult because here you had this little human being 
um, that was dependent on you, not just in terms of food and, and water uh, and uh, shelter, but also yes, emotional. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very difficult for mothers. I, you know, I often say to moms, you know, if we knew that our, our adorable babies were sort of going to grow up and to some extent, I'm not, a rejection is too strong a word, but, but if we knew our boys were going to grow up and then want to leave us, yeah. would we really put our hand up and say, we want that job, you know? We're going to love you with all our heart and all our might oh. and all our food. And then you're going to say, okay, later, mom, you know, mm. see you, you know. Uh, it, it, it's very, very tough for moms. And I think it's tougher for moms that, want to stay in control. Yeah. So somehow moms have got to kind of recognize they can't stay in control. I find it interesting though. Hold on. I find it interesting though because for me, wouldn't a measure of success be the fact that, <laughs> you know, again, going back to the animal analogy that you go out and you sow your own wild oats, that, they, you know, uh, sow your own wild uh, oats. I mean, isn't that what... Um, you know, the aim of it all uh, ultimately is, is that you should be able to go out there and sustain yes. yourself yes. as opposed to yes. clutching onto yes. mommy's apron strings. Yes. yes. Now, guys, you are making a very profound point because I think good parenting mm. is when we can stand back and see our sons and our daughters making success of their own life, mm. having mm. good relationships, forging ahead with their career, having their hobbies, and, and the difficulty with that is the more success our children are making with their lives, the less time they have for us okay, as, yeah. as, as moms. And, and I think there's just many moms that, that find that quite hard to bear. They want to still be that prime figure, you know, that, that son turns to and, and, and talks to and confides in. And unfortunately... As you say, the sign of success and a, and a successful man is that he is going out there and, 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 and making something of his life. No, indeed. Without having to hang on to that. So, so I totally agree, but I don't think it's... I think the difficulty is the, the feelings of mom. Yeah. And I think if mom could deal with her own feelings and maybe the sons can just make a little room... Mm. To hear mom out, yeah, um, I, I think I think that would go a long way to solving the difficulty. Excuse me. Yeah. I, I know I've got a funny story to tell because as my boys grew and, and left home, and my boys have left home now and have had their career, mm. um, and and um, I remember saying, "Oh, yeah, your son's popping in to visit." I said, "Yeah, I'm so excited, and I've got sushi, and he loves sushi, you know, because their moms always do that, uh-huh. you know, give their sons exactly what they want." I got sushi for him and everything. So, so my friend looked at me and said, "You know, her his average time is twenty minutes." I said, "Oh, nonsense, nonsense! He's going to come. We're going to have a nice chat." And I kid you not, I looked at my watch. It was he stayed for twenty minutes. Wow. And I had such a, a laugh because I thought my friend my friend knows more than me, you know. Um <laughs> or, or maybe it was predictive, you know, it was predictive. Yes, it's predictive. <laughs> That's it. And and I think that that we've got to live in the moment and mm. we've got to love 
the, the times that we do have with, with those that we love, yeah, yeah. but we can't hang on to them. We just can't hang on to them. Um, we, we've got to understand that uh, we each have to focus on yeah. the fascination of our own lives and, and, and not think that we can live our lives through our children or through our sons as mothers. I'm just going to ask um, if, uh, if you don't mind, Megan, if uh, we can take a couple of calls if people have questions for you um, to get a hold of us on 011-883-0702. I'm just going to take a quick break and then obviously come back okay. with some of my own questions as well for you. Uh, but I know that the guests are raring to, to, to ask you some questions on exactly. 011-883-0702. Alternatively, 021-446-0567, both for Joburg uh, 702 listeners and uh, Cape Town Cape Talk listeners uh, to come through with their questions. And then I'll quickly have a look at my WhatsApp and my SMS line. If anyone has any questions that they want to raise uh, in particular around what we are discussing at the moment on either 31567 or 31702 or 072 29 minutes past 10. These days, everybody seems so busy. Meeting after meeting, presentation after presentation, you barely even have time to compose a tweet or catch up on the day's news. That's why EWN is bringing the news to your smartphone, tablet or PC with EWN's daily newsletter. For the latest news, sports, business, polls, videos, and more, sign up at ewn.co.za forward slash newsletter. Eyewitness News. In touch, in tune, and independent. Hi, my name is Bobby. I've been a matchmaker for 15 years. I can help you fall in love with the car of your dreams. The team at Mitmuck Motors in Pretoria can always tell when they found someone a Mitmuck match. They drive off into the sunset smiling from ear to ear. With hundreds of hand-picked, well-loved models, you could find your Mitmuck match this week. See the range at mitmuckmotors.co.za and have your finance accelerated by Westbank. Are you looking for an effective way to get involved in your community? At Say Yes Mentoring, we design and deliver intervention programming accelerated through trained mentors. We are looking for volunteers to mentor young people in schools, NPOs and children's homes throughout Cape Town. Our purpose is to end social poverty. If you imagine the world as we do, email volunteer at saysmentoring.org to request an application and become a Say Yes Mentor. Hey, it's 2020. It's a new decade. Time to stop living in the past and upgrade your ADSL or LTE internet to 5G. I mean, why settle for slow when Rain's 5G internet has an average speed of over 200 megabits per second? Upgrade now and get unlimited data for only 1,000 rand a month, including a 5G router. Order at rain.co.za and we'll deliver quick, quick. Only at Rain, your unlimited data network. Finding the right partner for your specific executive search and senior recruitment needs is imperative. One size does not fit all. At MindCore, we tailor our executive search and recruitment solutions based on our clients' requirements whilst offering market-leading guarantees. MindCore is the South African executive search partner of InterSearch Worldwide. MindCore, leaders in bespoke executive search, senior recruitment and advisory. Visit mindcore.com to learn more. 
WhatsApp us now on 072-702-1702. Please do that. Uh, do get a hold of us via WhatsApp on 072-702-1702, as you heard there. Yeah, very short, straight-to-the-point uh, text message. Alternatively, what you could do is you could also get a hold of us um, via SMS on 31702 uh, or, and 31567 in this particular instance. Of course, I see the calls are coming through. I'm happy to take those. Someone says, um, um, looking at uh, some of the WhatsApps uh, coming through um, with regards to uh, this particular conversation, someone says, um, this woman really has only her view. Please don't think all boys are like this. This is what uh, this one lady says. Obviously, we understand that there would be variances in terms of people's different personalities. I mean, you could have, for example, the jock. I mean, I have two boys of my own at the ages of three and five, respectively. They have extremely varying personalities already at such an early age. The one is a jock. The other one is a bit of a nerd, you know. And and uh, But either way, um, they, they still, you know, one doesn't know who's going to turn out how. The one could turn out very broody and uh, very difficult. Or, you know, the other one could be jolly. Um, or alternatively could turn into a bit of a bully because he has the physical size on his side and, you know, he doesn't give a damn. Uh, and he uses his uh, sense of humor as a bullying tactic, which some people do do. But let's go to Gail in four ways. Gail, good evening. Yes, hi. Um, my son decided to go off and be an entrepreneur, did very well at school, mm-hmm. and um, we wanted him to just do university and be everything else. He wanted to be an entrepreneur, yeah. and he did very well. And so did my daughter. She didn't go to varsity. She ended up going study. Uh, ended up at Montessori. She's done IT, but you know what? They all choose for themselves, and I think that's what it's all about. Uh, I hear you. I hear you, Gail. Thank you for that one. That was Gail from Four Ways. I mean, Megan, what she's ultimately saying is is that, and I think the one um, WhatsApp that I also read earlier on sort of hints at that. I mean, surely what you are saying is is that I'm sure that you're not uh, generalizing and saying that every single boy in the world is going to go through this and end up like this, you know. But ultimately, the point is, is that these are some of the signs and signals, the commonalities that we need to look out for, or things that are in all likelihood going to crop up and that you would probably have to deal with in any event. Um, I think, you know, as human beings, we're very complex. But there's one thing for sure, that the teenage years are at a time of transition, the teenagers are, are one of the fastest growth periods in, a, in an entire human existence. And it's a movement from boyhood to manhood. So obviously, during this stage, the boy has to go through certain stages of learning to make his own decisions, learning to be more mature, learning to control his emotions. And different boys uh, will do this in different ways. Yeah. And the point I was trying to make is that the more a mom hangs on, and tries to step in, the mm. more the boy will want his independence. The more a mother understands the process and allows him more, more space, more freedom to make decisions himself mm. and, and decide on his own, the easier the transition is. Because then, then, so basically the point I was making is that I've discovered that so many moms try and hold on mm-hmm. and, and over-mother their boys. Yeah. And that can lead to a problem where boys react to it. So I think that's the point I was trying to make. Um, yeah. 
And I think also part of what you are saying there is, is so true because the, the issue is, is that they might not react and respond as teenagers. They might not react and respond while they're in your direct care. Uh, but you never know what happens when they finally get out there in the world by themselves. And they say that, you know what, now I'm, I'm free of, of mom's apron strings and I'm going to do whatever the heck I want to. You know, watch out world, it's about to blow up. There's always a possibility and it's something that one shouldn't underestimate and forget about either uh, as a possibility. But, but what I wanted to ask you, Megan, is, is you know, it, it was quite clear. And I just want to encourage the listeners, if they want to, please do give us a shout on 011-883-0702, alternatively 021-446-0567. Share your own experiences. Uh, ask questions. I think that's also another good thing, you know, mm. uh, to sometimes ask questions. Uh, that really yeah. helps a lot in these instances. What you were talking about, isn't it also almost a misalignment in terms of communication, how we communicate with each other, where I'm used to communicating with you from a, um, you know, where there's a power differential. You are five year old. You do not know as much as daddy. So in other words, for you, daddy telling you what two plus two is means the world to you. But now I know what two plus two is. Um, I have far more complex questions. And guess what, dad or mom or whoever, I don't always think that you have the best answers anyway. Uh, So I'm going to completely ignore your advice. In fact, I'm probably in all likelihood going to, um, you know, go to my buddies and my pals who, whether they misguide me or not, doesn't matter, but they, but they know best. Yes. So whether this is going to make a parent feel reactive or not is up to the parent. But there is no doubt that the teenage years um, lean towards listening to friends. So they much, most teenagers just really want to hang out with their friends, fit in, connect with buddies, share their stories with buddies, and get advice from their buddies. So it will be kind of... Uh, I'm not saying that they'll disregard what their parents say, mm. not at all, but it's more important for them what their, par- what their friends think of them mm. than what their parents think of them. So, you know, and once more, you know, if a parent understands that, then I think it, that can go quite smoothly because mm. then we welcome in the differences and we welcome in the diversity. So it depends on how rigid we are as parents during these years that will that will make the difference whether we get really get along or not but we're coming back to communication i agree with you completely we Mm. used to tell our children what to do when they were in school and now it's about discussion allowing him his opinion um really seeing if there's worth in his opinion and and hearing it out Mm, mm, as opposed mm. to just shutting it down and ultimately, you know, what we tend to forget, especially within the family setting, is that uh, mom and dad will love you no matter what. Um, your friends, uh, you know, have a choice in the matter. You know, as, we, as they always say, you, have, uh, you choose your, your, your friends, but your family, you don't. And I guess that's part of the thing. I mean, uh, you know, despite the fact that I maybe chose to have a child at a particular point in time, who my child was, what my child is going to end up being like personality-wise, health-wise, height-wise, uh, 10 fingers, 10 toes, none of those things I have choices over. And the so, so too, you know, but nonetheless, I will love you unconditionally. But your friends always love you conditionally, including boyfriends and girlfriends as well. Yes, 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 yes. I, I, I must say that is the one powerful factor 
um, that keep boys safe mm. is that they can rely on um, mom and dad being there in most cases. And once yeah. more, we're talking about homes that are, are relatively happy. So, so in most homes, a boy can really rely on that love. And, and the fact that the, the mother and father will be there for them. Whereas, as we know, friends, friends can sometimes be a bit fickle. And, mm. and, and uh, you know, but, but the funny thing is, is that teenagers do see their friends as most important. No, no, for sure. For Definitely. Of years. Mm-hmm. Oh, believe me. Charles in Ravonia is on the line with us there, Megan. I just want to hear what his, uh, what his input is. Charles, good evening. Hi, John. Well, well uh, just to explain to you and the guest comment about um, over-mothering, what, what I call it, mothering. Mm. We, you know, you've got, you've got the mother, you know, do this, do that, don't do this, do, don't do that. Mm. And eventually the poor kid can't even make up his own mind about um, how to live his life. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Mm. I hear you. I, I, I hear so you. And it's part of I'll it. I've been to... Yeah, just got to say about it. Oh, sure, thanks, um, uh, Charles. I that was think, Charles in the um, morning. I think what's very important uh, in the teenage years that it's more about dialogue and conversation than instruction and direction. I think instruction and direction uh, belong to the pet school days. The moment a boy's in senior school, it's got to be more space for dialogue, discussion, conversation. Um, finding out his opinion and getting him to make his own decision because that's a skill we want a man to have. Mm. So he's got to begin to learn it in his teen years. Otherwise, you know, how is he going to reach his manhood and, and know how to make his own mind up? It's a very difficult one, actually. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking, and, and I'm sure at some stage if you have to uh, extrapolate this or take this a step further, um, and, and, you know, you look at... Um, even daughters, or you know, uh, in or the role that fathers play in the son's life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, you could literally, as a dad, if you're an overbearing father, you could stifle your son's development. Um, alternatively, you know, your daughter, who you know, and I've realized this. You know, uh, it's a. I have two sons and, and a daughter. My two boys are five and three, mm. and and my daughter is two years old. Um, mm. But I look at my little two-year-old daughter, and I can't help but think to myself that you know, in a very patriarchal society where she could easily meet a, a man that feels that he's the big boss and that he needs to tell her how to. And good luck to him, by the way, on that yeah. one. But I mean, um, that, that you know, that's unfortunately the society that we live in. And and my biggest yeah. worry, ultimately, apart from her safety and so on, uh, but. I, I need to equip her now already with the ability that she should make up her own mind, decide what she mm. actually wants and what she doesn't want. Um, mm. and, and that means that she would have to, at some stage, we'll also have to cut the apron strings and uh, let her be the woman that she chooses to be. And, and I guess the same applies to boys. You know, you, I could be an overbearing father and I could literally cripple those boys' ability to make up yeah. their own minds and to live their own lives. Yes, I totally, totally agree with you. I, I, I can hardly even say more about that, except I totally agree. The analogy that I have is during the teenage years, we should be the ones creating a platform for boys and girls to learn the skills that they need to learn that are going to take them through to adulthood. Mm. And the skills, that one of the most important skills is, is problem-solving, is uh, being able to regulate their emotions, mm, mm. Um, 
to be able to um, uh, make decisions for themselves and work out what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. So, so now we've got to give them the platform to maybe make a few mistakes or maybe try and work things out for themselves and give it a go. I always say to moms and, and dads, remember the first time in your teenage years when you did something completely by yourself. You made a decision, you decided that's what you wanted to do, and your parents said, okay, do that then, do it your way, and you did. And how big and strong mm-hmm. and satisfying uh, that was be able to say, okay, I'm spending my pocket money on this, you know, and maybe it was a good decision, maybe it wasn't. But the lessons you learn yeah. are just enormous. And that's the sad thing is that I think ultimately for parents it's a difficult thing to sort of come to terms with, but a lot of the time you'll find that uh, the clothes that you bought yourself, uh, you know, with your own pocket money, the money that you saved up for over December holiday doing odd jobs, that's the clothes mm. that you will remember the most. Or, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know, that, that first decision that you took when you bought a car as opposed to having mum and dad buy you a car. Buy you is, a car, yes. You know, that is, you know, as, mom, as much as mum and dad can pitch up with a Porsche and you... You know, you'll be eternally grateful for your Porsche. But guess what? If you have to actually uh, sweat from the brow and, and, and you know, yes. buy yourself that, that uh, little Skodonk uh, as Skodonk, your first car. That little yes. You know yes, what I mean? That's, exactly. that's the one that matters. That's the one with the memories. That's the one that will always be cherished, as they say. Yes, so, I, yeah. I totally, totally agree with you. So, it's kind of the, the uh, when we put our own mark on something, when when a, a teenager works towards something, works out the steps himself and actually gets to his goal and achieves his goal on his own, it's wonderful to have mom and dad applauding on the side, mm. but it's even more wonderful that you did it yourself and it wasn't just a handout. I hear you, I hear you. And that for me is, is ultimately what, you know, that's that's... Ultimately, what we're trying to work towards here. Look, Megan, I think it's stunning what you you know you have shared with us. I did promise the the listeners that uh, it is going to be a longer open line this evening. Some of them have already come through and obviously had a chat with us about this. Thanks, by the way. Hopefully, when you're up in Joburg, I can grab you and then you can not yeah. not, not inappropriately, by the way, um, but <laughs> grab you for a signature for the book. Thank you so much. How to I'd raise? I'd love a- to be that, and I will be up in Joburg for a launch. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, uh, hopefully, I can make it. Uh, please let Lee know when, when it will happen, our executive producer, and then obviously um, they, then we can take it from there. But I, oh, I, see, I see that they, the book launch details are in my runner. I should have uh, seen it. Sorry about that. I see yes, that it's on no, the uh, 26th of February 2020. Yes, that's, in Ca- that's in Cape Town. 26 is in Cape Town. At Bishops, right? And at Bishops. And then the 4th of March... Um, is is a book review and people are going to have to possibly email me for those uh, details. But it is in Johannesburg, um, in, in central Johannesburg on the 4th at, 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 at Pippa Smith's book review. Um, awesome. So I will be up in No, great stuff. And hopefully, if I can make it, then I can get my copy of my book signed. But I really think yes. it's a stunning one How to Raise a Man, The Modern Mother's Guide to Parenting Her Teenage Son by you, Megan DeBayer. 
Um, and I think some really, I mean, just having chatted to you, some valuable advice out of it. So I'm really looking forward to reading some more of this book and finishing it. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope that I can give you some valuable advice for your own children as well, even though they're a bit younger. Yeah, well, I'm worried about them already, the three-year-old especially. I think that one is overloaded with testosterone. He worries me. Willful. I bet you willful. Yes. On every possible level. Thank you so much, Megan. All the best to you, okay? Okay. Okay. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. There was uh, Megan DeBayer, uh, world-renowned parenting expert and psychologist, How to Raise a Man. Uh, the Modern Mother's Guide to Parenting Her Teenage Son by Megan DeBayer. And of course, it's um, uh, published by Penguin, the, uh, by Penguin Nonfiction. So obviously that means that you would be able to get a copy of this book in all the major bookstores.